0: Today, from the International Gospel Hour, the book of James addresses how we should live and the book of Acts concerning what we believe. It is the Are You Reading broadcast. Stay with us.
1: Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. We're so glad you've decided to listen to our program today. In a world of challenges, we need God's Word to help us face those challenges. Thank you for joining us in this period of Bible study with our speaker, Jeff Archie, of International Gospel Hour, a broadcast of the Churches of Christ. Let's listen now.
0: Here's Jeff. Well, thank you to our J-Webb and greetings to all of you. It's good having you with us once again for our broadcast from the International Gospel Hour. And today is a very special day for our Are You Reading broadcast Now, folks, this is where I go back in my files and find some well-written biblical articles to share with you... ...to encourage and direct us within our study of the Word of God. You know, we bring to mind Acts chapter 8 when the eunuch was reading the book of Isaiah... ...and we see Philip running to him and asking the eunuch if he understood the reading. The eunuch replied, How can I, except some man should guide me? And when Philip saw the scripture where the eunuch was reading... He began at that same text and preached unto him Jesus Christ, Acts 8, verse 35. They simply stayed with the Scripture. No personal opinion, no denominational bias or anything, just an understanding of the Scriptures. So, friends, we hope that our articles will accomplish the same thing. We want to understand God's will for our lives. Let's begin with an article from days gone by, written by James D. Burns, an interesting question. Do religious people need conversion? Should we attempt to convert religious people, or should the gospel be presented only to those who have no religion? Some contend that we should leave religious people alone when it comes to attempts at conversion. But let us examine the cases of conversion in the book of Acts as they relate to this question. Were any measures taken to convert the already religious? Those in Acts 2 were... Devout men, in verse 5, who had come to Jerusalem, a religious center for the day of Pentecost, a religious observance. Truly, they were religious, yet Peter successfully attempted to convert them to Jesus Christ. The Ethiopian of Acts chapter 8 was religious, having come to Jerusalem to worship, verse 27, and read the book of Isaiah, verse 28. Yet Philip preached unto him Jesus, which resulted in his conversion. Lydia, who worshipped God, found a place for prayer, a religious activity on the Sabbath, a religious day, Acts twenty six, thirteen and fourteen, yet she was converted to Christ by the word presented by Paul. Saul of Tarsus was zealously religious Philippians three, five and six, yet he was converted to Christ, Acts nine. Centurion Cornelius, although not of Jewish lineage, was a deeply religious man, as we note from Acts 10, verse 11, yet Peter made a special trip to his home to convert him. The masses of Ephesus were devotees of the goddess Diana, yet this did not deter Paul from preaching Christ to them, Acts 19. Brother Burns concludes, From these examples we can see that most, if not all, of those in the first century who were converted were religious in some way. Yet inspired teachers did not hesitate to convert them. Any whose religion does not conform to that presented by Jesus Christ are proper subjects of conversion to His way. Folks, that's pretty good thinking. You know, just because one may be religious, are we necessarily right? You know, I've known individuals, deeply religious people, who studied and found out things that they were practicing and teaching were not in accordance with the Bible and wanted to make those things right. I'm sure you are of the same way. We appreciate that brief article. And now, folks, our Jay webb is going to come, and he's going to share with you a very special booklet that we'd love to send you absolutely free. And here is our Jay with the details. Good, folks. Please allow us to send a special free booklet
1: called Something is Wrong, But the Bible is Right. This is a study that clears away a lot of the confusion in the religious world and allows us to see that the Bible is always right. Just call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say Bible Tract. That's it. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Bible Tract in the message box. Now, back to our
0: study. Let's talk about the characteristics of Christianity. Christians are on display in the world, and because of the tremendous influence we have on those around us, there are many things we cannot do and many things we must do. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, Matthew five sixteen. That statement has a twofold purpose. One, that Christians be a guiding light and example for all the world to see. And two, that through our examples, God is to be exalted and glorified. What exactly should the world see in us, friends? Obviously not the works of the flesh, Galatians 5:19 and following, or the works of darkness, Ephesians 5, verse six and following. We cannot be partakers with them. And if we are to let our light shine as examples of Christianity for all the world to see, then we must develop characteristics that set us apart from the world. James wrote a very practical letter, and by today's standards, it is not politically correct. In the first chapter of this letter he gives us a number of characteristics that we should possess. James two twenty six reminds us for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. If we are going to claim to be a Christian, then we must display the characteristics of the Christ. Let's look at these characteristics from Christians or that Christians should have on display, and we'll note James one verses eighteen through twenty seven. Let's consider a few of these as time permits. How about self-control? From James 1, verse 19 and 26, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Bad temper and uncontrolled speech are totally opposed to Christian character. 2 Peter 1, verses 5 and following tells us that we are to add to our faith temperance and patience. The Christian must be able to control himself. How about purity from James 1, verse 21 and verse 27? Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness or excessive naughtiness or wickedness. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. The characteristic of purity sets the Christian apart, as Jesus taught in Matthew 5 and verse 8. Pure means unmixed. One can be pure evil, but the purity the Lord seeks is pure good, a purity not mixed with evil. The gospel teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, Titus 2, 11 and 12. The Christian must have purity of thought, Philippians 4, verses 8 and following, and purity of speech, Colossians 3 and verse 8, to put off the filthy communication out of your mouth. If anyone ever has a doubt about your Christian characteristics, the lack of purity will remove that doubt forever. Also, purity of morals is vital. We must be honest, truthful, chaste, and modest that we might walk worthy of the Lord. What about from James 1, in verse 21, to be receptive? Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. The Bereans possess this characteristic of receptivity in Acts 17, verse 11. Many individuals would leave portions of the word out because it just does not suit them. But to be faithful, one must be studious and receptive to the word. For Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let's talk about a characteristic of meekness. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, James 1.21. The characteristic is meekness, not weakness. Meekness is a proper attitude of heart, a characteristic that will cause us to be more understanding, more patient, and less harsh, Galatians 6.1. Without a proper understanding of heart, patience, and the characteristic of meekness, it would be virtually impossible to restore anyone. Christians are to be understanding, and the characteristics should be apparent to everyone. Let's talk about obedience. In James 1.22, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. We must practice what we preach, friends. What good does it do to know the word and never put it into practice? That's James 2.18. To be an obedient believer separates the Christian from the religionist. Many play at religion, but obedience will divide the sheep from the goats, Matthew 25:32. Luke 6 verse 46, "And why call me Lord Lord, and do not the things which I say? Jesus became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. We can also consider compassion and charity as we noted from James 1 and verse 27. And as we have therefore opportunity, Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Galatians 6.10 Who we are and what we stand for are shown in the characteristics we possess. We must make sure that they are plain, visible, and unmistakable, and above all that our characteristics are unspotted from the world. James 1, verse 27 I appreciate those good thoughts from David Harris. And this is from a publication titled, Seek Ye First, which is no longer in print. Its website is still up and available, and it's still a very good tool for reference. But we do appreciate the good writing of David, and thankful that we can share this on this broadcast. And now, friends, our J-Web has a few words about our friends at the World Bible School in a free online course, and I'll come back to wrap up our broadcast.
1: Our friends at World Bible School have a wonderful online Bible study available, and it is free. That's right, it's free. Please visit worldbibleschool.org and register. You will be provided a study helper who can answer questions and provide feedback for your lessons. Please sign up today. That's the free online study at worldbibleschool.org.
0: And friends, let me share with you, I mentioned earlier of the article we shared, The Characteristics of Christianity, that was from the publication Seek Ye First. Now while Seek Ye First is no longer in print, its archives are available on its website, which is SYFIRST, and that is spelling it out, SYFIRST.org. Thank you for joining me today for our broadcast from the International Gospel Hour. We'll do this again at another time. I'm Jeff Archie and friends. Keep listening.
1: Thank you for listening today. May this study prompt your search of God's Word for His will in your life. To assist you in your study or to listen to other programs, please visit our website at internationalgospelhour.com. To God be the glory.